Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution, Riffraff Revolution. Someone sing it one time. Um, that may have been yes. Michelle. Yes. Oh, Mich- yeah. Oh, okay. And her I like that you don't didn't remember who it was. You know, yeah, some idiot Look, who came on. We've interviewed so many people. <laughs> 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 we've been doing this for right. two, maybe three years. We're not sure. Anyway, uh, hello. This is Riff Raff Revolution. Uh, it, this is a podcast about real comedians and real stories about their real lives. Really. Um, my name is Perry, and I am a theater teacher, a producer, a writer, a performer, a director, and so many things. things. Wow. <laughs> so many impressive things. Um, I'm Laura. I'm a comedy writer and screenwriter uh, based in Chicago. And today we're talking to Reza Jaffrey, stand up, yes, and ma'am. amongst other things. So Primarily welcome. just that, yeah. <laughs> the opposite of Perry over here. I only have one thing. You know. So many hyphens. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. I mean, if you you got to work on one thing, yeah. right? Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. been able to do that <laughs> and yeah. master it. Anyway, welcome. That's good to be here. Thank you yeah. guys so much for having me. Of course. Um, well, we always kind of like to start by asking our um, guests how they got started in comedy or interested in comedy. Yeah. Um, so my – I was always the one – like – I was always the jokester in my family, so I think that kind of started it all off. Um, and then uh, we we used to watch a lot of, like, my dad would put on, like, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, and we were way too young to be watching that. But, like, we would just, we, it would just be me, my brother, and my dad, and we would just be howling with laughter. So, like, we would watch, like, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld. So how young are we talking here? I I watched Chris Rock's special like below ten. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah, and it was amazing. It was so good. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> we never followed like the 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 rated R rules in our household. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just like immigrant style, but that never applied to us. It just like we watched like action films when we were kids. You know, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I don't know. There was never a time where they were like, uh, you're oh, too young. Oh, yeah. To anything sexual was like barred, but everything else was fine. Yeah. <laughs> anything goes. Yeah. I don't think I saw a woman until uh, a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> this is really stressful for me right now. So. I know. Two of us. Yeah, two. Oh, my God. It's like two. In one room? Wow. <laughs> um, when would you say like the first time you performed? Oh, yeah. So I first performed. Um, after like I was uh, living abroad, and then I came back, and then I uh, wanted to find an art form, and I chose music, and that was fun. But I kind of sucked at it. And, well, what uh, instrument did you play? The sitar. Do you know the sitar? Yeah. It's like the Indian instrument. It was um, <laughs> it was the stupidest thing to pick as your first instrument because it has like. 19 strings and it's like supremely complicated and you oh need God. like a a person to teach you because there's no like online stuff so um i found this teacher <laughs> this is not really answering the question but uh i'm just gonna <laughs> go okay. on this tangent <laughs> for a little bit Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um i found this teacher and he was like this old indian man who taught uh who taught sitar and tabla, which is like the Indian drums, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he had played with Ravi Shankar um, and uh, George Harrison, um, oh, wow. like alongside with them. Uh, and he was like on a Grammy-nominated album, but then he got really sick. He never really dived into this, but like we kind of found out piecemeal, like as we like uh, studied under him. It was like very much like uh, old world, like, have you seen Kill Bill? Where like... Uh, the second one where, like, she goes to that old sensei yes. and, like, he is brutal with her. It was like that, but, like, not physical. Like, it was, like, he was just, like, very condescending and, like, very... Uh, uh, oh, psychological torture. Psychological torture, yeah. And I was so into it. I was like, yes, this is this is how I'm going to learn. This feels like I'm doing something with my life. Feels right. Yeah, it feels right. I was like... Uh, but it, it slowly started to, like, kind of fade out because... Um, I felt like I wasn't progressing, and like it became more about like the him uh, holding power over 
me and the other students, you know, it was like a small classroom. It was beautiful. Like it would be like snowy days outside and we would be playing tabla and sitar and it was just like so pretty. But like um, I wasn't like learning the way I wanted to. And I wanted to eventually perform and do sitar with like like a modern style. But like I just couldn't get more information out of him because he would refuse to teach you more until so you would just like I just never got past the fucking scales for like mm-hmm. a year and a half and, I was, and then uh, I was working and somebody I knew was at Second City so I took like an improv class and then I re- what I really wanted to do was stand up so then I did a stand up class and that was really um, uh, kind of my entry point so mm. And it was lovely. Uh, I learned a lot from just, like, the f- they give you homework. Like, okay, this week uh, do, like, two-minute roasts on yourself and then two-minute observational humor and two-minute one-liners and shit like that. And that was uh, so much fun. And that's, like, how I got into it. I did my first open mic and then just been doing mics since then. So shout-out to Erin Field. I don't know if you guys know her. Yeah. She's, like, a, she's a stand-up comic. She performs at Zany's a lot. She's lovely. So. So how long have you been performing on a regular basis? Uh, On a regular basis for a year and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last, uh, like, February or March 2018? Yeah. I think so. 2018. Yeah. So is it 2019? Yeah. That's about a year and a half. So it's been good. I like it. (laughs) It's, like, the funnest thing in my life right now. Do you ever draw back on, like, direct skills or assignments that you did in that first class to generate material? No. I think that that class was a great entry point and mm-hmm. that, like, you were obliged to, like, get up in front of, like, uh, pseudo-strangers, like, class uh, a classroom kind of environment with students that you didn't really know. Um, so it was good to, like, kind of be forced into a situation to do that. Um, but I don't really use that. The way The way I generate material is, like, uh, very conversational. Like, I have, like, a few friends, and then we go eat, like, uh, <laughs> hot wings together and just, like, shit on each other. And that's how we... That's, like, a huge way I make jokes. And then, like, the other way is just, like, getting stoned. And it used to be getting stoned and sitting in a bathtub. And uh, now I don't have a bathtub. So now oh, it's just getting God. stoned and showering. Sitting in the shower. Yeah, like one of those old people schools. Yeah, I sit on that. <laughs> It's a very specific process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. It's You're the, the first pers- person who said hot wings. Who said hot wings? As part of the process. Oh, <laughs> yes. That those think, were. Yeah, I think it's just like hanging out with girl. friends. So, like, mm-hmm. I have, like, this group of friends. And it's, like, really fun because it's, like, me, my brother, uh, and then we have uh, our old roommate. Uh, or my old roommate. I moved in with my girlfriend. But he was our, my roommate. And then... We'll have, like, one other random person, and we'll just sit together and just, like, the bounce is so good. I think, like, finding, like, that rapport where, like, because my humor is very kind of shitting on people, and then they shit on, and then I, like, and they shit on me, and, like, it's, like, this back and forth of, like, kind of playfully insulting. Mm. Uh, Are you the only comic in the group? Yeah, but, like, me, so, you know how I was saying earlier, uh, my, uh... It would be my brother and I and my dad watching comedy. So, like, my brother mm-hmm. and I are just, like, the ones cracking jokes all the time in our family. So, And, like, I grew up, like, making fun of everyone. I was the one kind of joking, like, poking fun at everyone in the family. And then that became harder and harder because, like, it would take – it would be, like, more and more challenging to get a laugh out of them because they didn't want to – reward me with a laugh <laughs> because oh, I was an asshole. So, so like, you. Yeah, so then I would, it would just have to, like, get harder and harder, and it was just, like, a game, so that was always playing. So mm-hmm. I've only been doing this for a year and a half, like, um, uh, on stage, but I feel like I've been doing this my mm-hmm. whole life, so I don't know. How do you feel like it differs from, like, talking to a group of friends in that environment or being with your family and then, like, transitioning it to, like – or translating it to being like on stage in front of an audience. Yeah, it's it's for sure harder because mm-hmm. like um, the, you don't know the audience, so you have to. There's a lot of kind of like last minute audibles based on demographics and like, uh, you know, like socioeconomic backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, uh, and then also they don't know you, so you have to like kind of, especially when you're being mean, which is kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> through line in most of my comedy uh, mm-hmm. it's um, 
you have to kind of create that rapport of like, I'm just joking. Like, I'm saying these things, but I don't really like. It's part of the. It's you know the I'm poking yeah, yeah I'm poking <laughs> fun at lots of different uh, people, and it's like uh, uh, it's not like like a personal attack. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like how I make people laugh <laughs> and how I enjoy myself. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, so it's it's. Uh, for example, like when we did that, um, uh, the mic, the open mic final thing, mm-hmm. the, where it's like mostly musicians, um, I realized I could, musicians are way more, like they're not there, they didn't come there to laugh necessarily. So like if you mm-hmm. do it like at a comedy club, they're like, okay, I'm ready to hear whatever you're about to say. But if it's like, um, especially musicians who are more, um, I think, kinder people, like like there's... I think that's a fair generality to have. Like, they, not necessarily <laughs> that they're all kind people, but, like, they have, like, this, like, you know, peace and love uh, <laughs> delusion, you know? And uh, <laughs> so uh, I had to, like, f- the first few times I would, I bombed so hard there because, like, mm-hmm. I went immediately into my meanest shit. And, like, because, like, you know, you had to oh, also yeah. open up with, like, something that hits right away. And I had this idea of, like, I, this one joke I have is, like, uh, a solid opener because it's like short and quick and it gets the laugh really quickly so you want to try to get the laugh as soon as possible and but it was also quite mean and they're like whoa and then <laughs> and so I bombed so the next time I like started off like complimenting them and like uh, I was like you know musicians are such pretty people comedians <laughs> oh, are that's the way to get into the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you just flatter them you know <laughs> <laughs> and then you shit on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's like, you know, I like complimented them, but, like, I kind of uh, also, I turned it around, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have, now whenever there's a musician, that's my kind of entry point. Mm. Like, the bits, like, um, I uh, I love musicians. I think the, like, I think there, if everyone in the world was a musician, there would be peace on earth, you know. I mean, there wouldn't be any hot water or electricity, but... <laughs> You know, you just got to weigh out what you want in life, you know. And so that's like a compliment and then mm-hmm. and then immediately uh, take back, <laughs> which is kind of what I do. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned uh, a little while ago that you will change um, your approach to a set based on like, the demographics of the audience. Yeah. So um, could you talk a little bit more about that, like when you go to a regular open mic that's not just musicians? Sure. Um, for example... Um, uh, so, like, I was in Atlanta, and I was doing, like, uh, more black rooms there. Um, there's way more open mics and just rooms that are almost completely African-American. And um, so, like, the opener that I was telling earlier that bombed the first time is this joke I do about having – being in an interracial relationship and how it's hard um, because it's different cultures and different religions, and it's hard dating someone. Like, I grew up Muslim, and she was raised – Catholic, and it's just hard dating someone you know is going to hell, and like it's like dismissive, you know, of uh, of of Catholicism or, or like Christianity, sort of. And um, and then there's this other like part to it that I forgot to mention, which is like I'll start off saying something like um, uh, I'm dating someone. It's interracial, which is means I'm better than all of you, right? And that. Mm. Um, works really well in, like, whitish rooms, like, altar rooms and stuff like that, because they're, that kind of, there's a perception of interracial being progressive, and I'm, like, playing off of that. Um, and that'll get me a laugh just on the premise. Um, but in a black room, I've done that, and they're just like, no. <laughs> they're just, they're right away, they're no. And I did that... Uh, I made that mistake twice because I'm an idiot. And um, uh, the first time, oh, it was so bad. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, uh, that that sort of, it's like, with a more whitish, young, yuppie room, that joke works because people get that connotation. But, like, it's a more touchy topic in, like, an all-black room. Um, in, like, a southern room, I didn't I didn't even try doing it because I was like, I'm not going to risk bombing this whole fucking set mm-hmm. because I want to see if it works here. Um, so, like, it's, you just have to... So that that's, like, a small, like, example of, like, how different rooms respond to different uh, types of jokes uh, based on their worldviews, you know? So, mm-hmm. 
do you mostly judge that by like trial and error? Oh yeah, experience? I think that's primarily <laughs> yeah <laughs> how you find out yeah <laughs> the hard way. So yeah. <laughs> I don't like I'm more like uh I so it's interesting like I uh I thought I would have to be like a little bit more cautious uh if it's like a predominantly female crowd versus a male crowd but I don't I haven't had to actually like mm. I've I, like leaned into it and have gotten positive responses so that was like one of those things where I was like oh I should be I should like soften the blows a little bit with my comedy and it like <laughs> they actually ate that point. shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. I just kept On going the harder. Whole, we can take it. We're not <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Who would have thought? No, I'm kidding. Laugh too. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. But yeah, so uh, I did this one church group. It wasn't a church group. It was like it was like an Asian comedy thing, and um, but a lot of them happened to be from the church, but I didn't know that, and that. Uh, they were like they laughed. I felt like I was bombing, but they were like, "You did so good." But they were afraid to laugh because they oh. all knew each other. Oh no! <laughs> from like uh, their church or whatever, and so they felt like if they laughed, it would look bad. But that's interesting. So I thought I did terrible. I still feel like I did. Like I don't think that's the point. Is to yeah. like get them to laugh in their heads. I think you have to like figure out how to uh, get to whatever level they're on. So hmm. I still take those and like a learning thing as opposed to like a victory but yeah Hmm. yeah how do you deal with times that you do bomb uh i'm i i think bombing is important i think that's how you learn and progress um i am like pretty critical of myself so like when i bomb i want to like get back I want to, I like really keep thinking about what I did wrong. Mm. Uh, I kind of like just keep attacking it in my head. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just thinking of bomb stories in my head right now. <laughs> uh, need to bring up bad memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fun. I think bomb stories are hilarious yeah. after they happen. And especially when other people tell you their bomb stories. So much fun. Mm. Um, I just, I did stand up. At two different open mics, yeah, did really well the first time, and then bombed the second time, and then I was like, I can't anymore. (laughs) So I always wonder how, like, because I know you have to do that, and like that's just how you learn. But I just wonder how um, stand up to do it frequently, or like do do perform frequently for sure with those times. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm pretty critical of myself. Mm -hmm. I think, but at the same time, it's inevitable. It's like, it just, there's so many, uh, there's this comedian who described it, his name's Andrew Schultz, he describes um, comedy like playing basketball where the hoop moves every night, you know, because mm. there's so many variants, you know, like mm. uh, the demographic, the crowd, the type of room you're in, whatever mood the crowd happens to be in that night, I don't know, the, the day, time of day, whatever mood you're in, there's like so many mm. variables and like, uh so the probability of it uh, failing is, and then somebody else described it as like um, uh, the as you get better, like the variance uh, doesn't like you still have variance in terms of how you perform because it's never the same uh, in a particular night. But like um, th- like the highs are here and the lows are down there. But like um, as you get more experience, the highs and lows kind of come closer together and they like generally trend upwards Mm. so like the low um is still a low for you but the audience doesn't perceive it as a low because um it's not that much different from the high because you've like brought it up so that's the goal is to like have like more consistent output and uh just like uh have more uh material so Mm. yeah Um, you obviously do a lot of open mics. Mm-hmm. How how does balancing all of those and like keeping track of um, your performances work for you? Uh, I thought you were gonna say my girlfriend. Like how <laughs> balancing your doing open mics. Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard. That's the I think that's harder do than anything. You record your sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I was saying it's hard to balance like a relationship and mm. doing comedy. I think. Well, you can definitely. Uh, Talk yeah. That too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I'll make her watch it and I'll be like, "See?" <laughs> um, no, I um 
Yeah, I record all my sets and then I'll watch them. I'm, I think there's an element of self-absorption to comedy, mm. you know, and uh, well, I, 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 perhaps other comedians handle it differently. But like I love breaking down things. So like um, like I, I have like a, an aptitude for that. So like I what like I'll do a stand up set and then I'll listen to it. Uh, sometimes several times. Some people say they hate listening to themselves. I enjoy it. But even if it's like an average set, I figure out like what works and what doesn't and mm. like pick up on like what tonalities work and like how I said that and why did it work that time versus like I like sometimes you'll just accidentally find a particular annotation that just makes the joke work, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, so I feel like I'll watch it usually the same night. Unless it's, like, a really good set, then I'll watch it, like, more than once. But, like, usually the same night I'll listen to it one more time just to see. Because it's, like, you can't really keep track of how you're doing in the moment, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can, but you can't learn from it as well. It's like watching tapes for, like, sports, I would imagine. I don't play mm. sports, but I, I, I've heard they watch tapes. So. <laughs> I have heard. Um, do you ever go to specific open mics if you're looking for specific like feedback or, or how things work uh i have favorite open mics mm-hmm. um i'm not as diligent about going to particular open mics i i will try mm-hmm. to i like average like um i don't know like four to eight mics uh, a week um mm-hmm. and then it's just whatever's convenient sometimes there's like shit mics that i shouldn't have gone to but i still it was just near near me so i went you mm-hmm. know Mm-hmm. It's like three people and they're all comics and it's oh. a waste of time. But um, <laughs> I tried going to like – so I'll go to Coles. Coles is one of my favorite mics just because it's like – it always feels lively and then um, there's like a good uh, crowd. Like uh, I have the most practice with like yuppie, hipstery crowds in the north side I, just because that's where I do most of my comedy and that's like mostly where I'm surrounded by. Um, and that's like a good – uh, the, but that's also like a, there's a little bit of grunge to that crowd that I like. It's not like yuppie hipstery in Lakeview, which is a little bit more uh, I don't know sensitive a little bit. I don't know. So uh, I don't like that crowd as much. But I also do it there. It just doesn't work as well. Um, How would you delineate between the grungy and the sensitive? Crowds. Uh, like what types of materials? How, what types of material? Yeah, works. Um, well, like I said, mine's. I have aggressive material. So like, um, uh, I think I get more f- like uh, willingness to hear my perspectives in the grunger crowd. Mm. So uh, also, like I like I have a Logan Square bit, which is like. Um, Logan Square taught me that you could be quirky and weird and still be so unremarkable. And it's like kind of like, and it works great in Logan Square because there's like a, almost an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of it. Um, but it doesn't work in Lincoln Park. Uh, <laughs> I, like Lakeview, I feel Uh-oh. like I don't know what it is. It's like huh. it's like um, it's like the difference between stand-up comedians and improv uh, comedians. You know, there's like more positivity or like um, in improv or like a sense of like support that uh doesn't uh tolerate cynicism as much mm-hmm. um i think uh, uh with stand up the cynicism is like kind of the bloodline for a lot of at least the stand up uh, there's obviously niches that i can't speak for but like um and that cynicism is kind of where uh, my comedy thrives i think yeah i don't know gotcha. So, yeah. That's cool. You, you described your um, comedy as aggressive. Yeah. Um, now, I've only seen you perform that one time, and mm-hmm. I, I watched that YouTube clip you sent us. Uh-huh. And to be honest, I would not describe your comedy as aggressive. So I'm a little... Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm going to quote you as, like, totally not aggressive. I, I have found, uh, like, a lot of pullback uh, with my comedy. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, offensive. Um, what What did you watch? I'm, I'm impressed. That you're like one of the first people who've. Um, 
I I I like to think it's not like low hanging fruit. Like, uh, but it is. Um, uh, I didn't feel attacked. Okay, for sure. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, but I'm like, uh, yeah, like I I like I mock myself, you know, like uh, like I, there's there's like racial humor kind of runs through my entire set, and there there's sensitivity to that, and also like I like. Uh, make fun of my gr- girlfriend uh, and also girls in general because uh, I don't know. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, I know. I know. This is, this is uh, close quarters. I'm scared. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, but it, it's all, I, it's all in good humor. Um, but I think a lot of, um, I think context uh, has been um, uh, de-emphasized mm. uh and that's uh, hard as a comedian. So, because hmm. I think I think the role of a comedian is to play on the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's not, and kind of hyperbolize um, things. And uh, and then when you read out things as a transcript, it, it um, that gets lost. So, it's interesting times right <laughs> now. I don't know as a comedian. Do you feel like it might be? Um in the way you set things up? Because you talked earlier about, like, really paying close attention to, like, how you structure things and, like, sure. how you introduce yourself to the audience. Um, that maybe then it makes it a little bit okay to talk about some things that you do? For sure. For sure. I mean, and, and at the same time, um, yeah, there's, a, like, a right way to do it and a wrong way to mm-hmm. do it, right? Um, but also, like, uh, with the way... Uh, information is transmitted that uh, it, even if you weren't there, you have access to uh, parts of the information, right? And mm-hmm. also, um, uh, as I was saying earlier, like with comedy, it's you, you can only control it so much. There's always variance. And so like if you mess up, um, it, it gets recorded as if it was like you were on trial now. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I, and I'm not talking about myself right now because I'm not anybody important. But like that's what it feels like in in comedy, uh, in stand up. The 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 all the riffraff, as you will, um, ah. <laughs> around just like different specials that have been dropping and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm actually interested in what you guys think of uh, Sticks and Stones. Have you guys seen it? I should have watched it in uh, yeah. preparation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you watched it? No, I have no. not. And I, I actually haven't even watched, like, paid it close attention to some of the things that people are saying about it. Okay, so. for sure. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even that. watched Dave Chappelle's recent special, actually. No. Oh, really? That's no. his latest one. Uh, and there's, like, oh, okay. but he dropped, like. He released like, another one at the same time, Yeah, there's though, a right? couple out there, yeah. Uh, so he released one in the last like month, um, mm-hmm. but he he's released like four other ones in the last year oh, or wow. two. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, he dropped really he dropped a this. bunch of them. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, obviously this is a huge topic of conversation a lot right now, especially within the last couple of weeks with sure. everything with SNL too yeah. that came out. Um, uh, Oh, have you have you gotten specific pushback from people? Like, have people talked to you personally about like some of the things, or do you just feel that reaction to the audience from the um, audience? I've, <laughs> I, s- I have gotten some small like feedback. Like, I love your set, but I wish you didn't use that word. Mm. Um, oh, which I use the R word. Mm. It rhymes with uh, lethargic, kind of. Not really. That's the first word. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I've used that word in my set. Um, and I re- like, I'll still, I have no problem using it, but I just to like, it's not, the risk is not worth the payoff right now. Like, mm. it depends on the crowd. Like, if it's, if I'm in the South, it works fine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's not saying a lot. Uh, it is actually saying a lot. But like, it just, um, it depends, like, I am of the perception that uh, comedy is like a bastion of free speech, um, mm. and like the the I don't enjoy, like I love comedy because I don't uh, I am irreverent and I uh, I'm always questioning people's rules on like what 
uh, can and cannot be said, what should and should not be done. And I mm-hmm. think um, um, breaking those borders is obviously uh, there's a proper – there's people who break them and it, it just feels wrong. Um but it's it's about intention. It's such a gray area, and like mm-hmm. when it's done well, it's like I think it's brilliant, um, and it gives insight into the human character and like mm-hmm. who we are as a people. Um, and and then also like sometimes people break it, and it's just um, uh, it feels um, uh, not right. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels ill-intentioned or malice, um, or comes from a place of malice. But like. To bar it wholesale um, uh, feels like a, a dangerous place to go for comedians because comedians are in the business of uh, going into the darkest parts of human psyche. Uh, mm-hmm. No one else can like talk about uh, uh, dark things like that um, that the way comedians can because you're you're using laughter to like explore. Um, who we are um, and when you say like you can and cannot say things it like um, y- you you make these boundaries that um, are you're, you're essentially like disallowing areas of human psyche and who we like how we behave and uh, the worst parts of ourselves to not be acknowledged and I think that's um, a, a dangerous path to go mm-hmm. and then at the same time like uh Obviously, not everyone who's going to go into those dark areas and, like, say things that are not allowed to be said, um, not everyone's going to do it well or do it the right way. But that doesn't mean um, we should say no to it. And also, you don't know if you're going to do it. Like, it goes back to the variance that is um, inseparable in comedy uh, from comedy is – what am I saying? The <laughs> The – the variable nature of like a joke of you don't know whether it's going to work or not until it's like articulated um, means that like um, you don't know if somebody's going to make a good joke or not. They they both come from the same place, you know. So mm. yeah. All right. Refresh revolution. Refresh revolution. We ask the deep questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there are some people because you referenced it like being put on trial when things like that happen? Do you think there are people who like have who uh, have crossed the line, or like do you think that everybody should approach it in a way of like more I don't know like open mindedness rather than like immediately putting somebody on trial for something? Um, I like I like what Chris D'Elia said, which was like. Um, uh, if if a certain type of comedy is not for you, that's hundred percent fair. You can think someone's a shit comic, like that's totally like fair game. Just say it's like not your cup of tea, but like to this 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 pressure to silence um, feels um, uh, is something I disagree with. Mm. Um, like you can hate Dave Chappelle, um, but like. Um, uh, I don't think you should be like not allowed to have a Netflix special or something like that. You know, mm. like um, uh, I don't even know his name. And I, I to be fair, I don't know. Uh, I didn't look into uh, what he said. The SNL guy, Shane oh. Gillis. Shane Gillis. Yeah. Um, so I can't. I, I I can't speak for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my uh, approach is that like. Um, he was trying to be funny, and was it poor? I, did you guys hear what Andrew Yang said about him, the presidential candidate? Uh, uh, no, but I saw that he I did saw, say something. <laughs> I saw his messages on Twitter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think if I'm paraphrasing correctly, it's something along the lines of like um, what he said was hurtful, uh, and that that, that uh, sort of rhetoric uh, is like part of. A long line of hurtful comments towards marginalized groups. Um, that being said, like um, he's also a comedian, and so like uh, when a com- when a comedian's speaking, there's like the intention is to be funny. Now he's not trying to be running for president. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's this weird time that we live in where everything's melting into 
one thing where pop culture and politics have uh, with the administration have like kind of uh, it's almost like because he's president uh, and somehow he's still untouchable uh, the anger that is directed towards him is almost kind of um, being spread out towards others. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like if uh, you have a bad day at work, uh, but you can't take it out on your boss, and you go home and you and, like take it off on your kids or something like that. Um, I feel like that's what like because like he should not be able to say the things he's saying because he's uh, the head of our state, uh, but somehow he gets away with it. And then when comedians do it, comedians are not um, vying for. Uh, power, leadership, mm. um, perhaps power. I think everyone's vying for power. I Sorry, I'm getting abstract, and maybe that's not fun. No, I okay. I think it's interesting. No, it's fine. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, <laughs> I would say I'm all for free speech, mm-hmm. but like you said, some people, they can... Um, they can make a joke or use a word and it just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels hateful. Sure. And you can try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I listened to yeah. that guy's oh, did podcast. You? And oh, yeah. It takes a lot to offend me. Yeah. And it offended me. It filled me with rage for the last couple of days. Yeah. Like, I couldn't sleep. That's how angry I've been. And, like, you read interviews or that he's given to publications saying he targets Asians in his sets because he finds that gets laughs. Uh, and, like, that doesn't come from a place where he's trying to be, yeah. I don't That's know. That's fair. Like, satirical He's taking risks sure. at the... Yeah. Yeah. At the expense of one particular group. At one particular community yeah. because he felt, he feels that, he found that, hey, we're learning. It's okay to be racist towards Asians. And that's a quote. So mm. it's hard to give yeah. some people yeah, yeah, the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like what you said about like intention and yeah. like digging mm-hmm. into the dark of human nature because in that way it's different than just like saying insensitive things to say them like just to see if you can get away with it yeah yeah are you making a point yeah it's more of like a satirical look on like things that happen in society rather than just yeah saying the things that have been said for too many years and um for sure maybe need to be canceled canceled we talked about (laughs) that cancel culture um yeah, yeah, but it is difficult to like figure out that line and Yeah. It's it's very easy to you know just say anybody who's said anything ever problematic we're not thinking about them ever again. Right. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think that the conversation of the last couple of days has been around certain words necessarily, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but about the intention behind yeah. the use sure of certain words and you, know, you can bring up George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and yeah, Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're also, that was a different time, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Plus, I would make the argument that they used um, their platform to actually make points about society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't yeah, yeah, just yeah. using the naughty words. For sure. For yeah. sure. So, yeah, I can't, I really can't speak. I didn't watch what he said or listen to mm-hmm. what he said. Um, so I can't. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't even try to defend him. Uh, but that being said, with Chappelle, I think there was like a big blowback on that. This is crazy because I don't know anything about Shane Gillis, and <laughs> apparently you guys have heard him, and you guys didn't watch Six and Stone, yep. so, like, <laughs> so like talking about two different things. But um, That's okay. what I felt about Chappelle is that he was remarking on society, and like mm. in a funny, in a hilarious way. Um, He's a social commentator, and I, that's what I loved about him. So yeah, like it's just it it's so contextual that like, um, um, and I think you can sense malice uh, when there is malice. So, mm-hmm. um, and for sure, I'll take your word for it. I like, uh, I think it's just um, what I'm scared of is like th- there's like this element of like self-censorship that I'm afraid of um, where like people are afraid of saying things um, or crossing any boundaries um, because of repercussion and that uh, 
uh, creates like this sense of self censorship and like, um, uh, and I think crossing boundaries and like risking taking risks is uh, where the rewards uh, typically lie in all adventures in life. Um, and so that's the that's what I um, am yeah. concerned about. I think, generally speaking. That being said, like, uh, it's undeniable that, like, um, racial tensions and, uh, like, uh, populist movements on the far right are also on the rise. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't aim to solve any of this. I'm just, I just like talking like this, mostly. You know, and like ideally in a bathtub and if I were stoned, that's, <laughs> that's all I want to do. And then just writing jokes as you go. <laughs> right, writing jokes. No, it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because it's sometimes true. I do feel comedians are held to a higher standard than our elected leaders. Yeah. 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 I think it... Uh, because I, they're easier to... Like, it's like what I was saying, like, where, like, your boss shits on you all day and you can't get back at them. So you go home and you take it out on your kids. I don't have kids. so I'm assuming that's what any reasonable adult does. And, like, you – because they're not uh, protective, you know, they're easy to kind of take out. Like, it's almost like society is taking out their anger on, like, the injustices of our uh, leadership on – uh, people who are not actually committing those crimes, but just joking about them. I think part of it is like a sense of control too, because like we obviously cannot really do anything about who's the president right now um, mm-hmm. until 2020. Um, so, but we can easily stop liking a celebrity or like somebody yeah. who's on stage it's right. like even on a smaller level like people will just stop booking them and yeah. they will be done yeah um when like there's a lot less to be done about people in power at least for sure for the short run um yeah but yeah i don't know well strange times yeah <laughs> do you think and i haven't seen Uh, Once again, I haven't seen any of Dave Chappelle's recent Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, Do you feel that a lot of the comedy criticism that's been written up has been unfair or? Uh, Yeah, I think I think. um, I think they just say things like uh, he's boring and like he's just trying to be shocking and that's why. And it just feels like, okay, so like. Um. Dave Chappelle always was breaking boundaries. Um, So, like, uh, this newfound criticism um, feels like it's because it's attacking uh, particular identity groups. And I am not a fan of uh, identity politics. Um, uh, I think it, it like, creates, like, tribalism. Um, And... In my experience, I think the best way to connect with other groups is uh, sharing jokes. Um, when I was describing the group earlier, when like we go eat uh, wings together, it's like two Indian guys, uh, our, me and my brother, <laughs> and then uh, uh, our other friend's black, and then we have another friend who's white who's often there, and we just like go hard on each other, and like it like um, that sort of like acknowledging our differences by joking on each other's differences is how you kind of create friendships from my experience. And that's like, uh, I like have traveled a lot and, uh, lived abroad. And that, uh, is also true for like my experiences when I like lived with, uh, French people, when I visited Japan, um, when I lived in Africa and, um, this kind of back and forth of, uh, you know, like, just poking fun at people's like just like you make jokes about people's personalities i think you can make jokes about the personality of particular groups um uh in a way that's like actually brings the groups together um because it acknowledges that those differences exist and that's uh but the friendship that you create uh kind of overcomes it and i think um 
like when we become hypersensitive, um, it's uh, it almost. I always found it a, a strength to be able to uh, not only make a joke at someone else, but also be able to take a joke at your own personality. I always found those to be like a, a source of like somebody who can do that is like someone who's strong. Like he can laugh at themselves or he or she can laugh at themselves. Um, uh, when I, when I hear people like saying like, you shouldn't make fun of this group or that group, it almost implies weakness. Um, like without saying it and i think that's what bothers me about it like um um everyone makes uh from my experience everyone my like one of my pet peeves this is kind of going into the satirical like the satire at the end this is mm-hmm. getting super heady so i apologize no um, no we love this, this is what are you like. sure yeah, okay yeah, this is okay cool like my experience what i really hate is when somebody uh only makes fun of white people in like their comedy like uh, I think that's like it just feels like one it's kind of played out and two it's like uh, why not make fun of everyone why why are like it's almost like only white people have the strength to be laughed at uh, everyone else is too sensitive or too weak is how I perceive it that's why I like to try to make fun of every group um, uh, <laughs> which wins me no favors oftentimes but mm. I think that's that's my approach. And it comes from a place of, like, uh, res- respect for all groups by, like, acknowledging them and acknowledging differences. And I think that's what Chappelle does. Uh, Chappelle makes fun of everyone, but there's also this notion of, like, hypersensitivity um, because everything can be taken in a way that's um, – uh, uh, that uh, something was offensive. Especially because he's not he's not watching his words. He's not a politician. He's he's doing things uh, for the laugh, which is like um, which you have to play on hyperbole and like um, almost like tiptoeing on lines that uh, uh, you may or may not have as an audience member ex- known knew existed, mm-hmm. right? So um, yeah, so like that's what I. Um, Okay, I lied earlier when I said I didn't watch any of his special. I did watch, there was like a 30-second okay. clip that was going around Twitter, so of course I clicked on it. Mm-hmm. And I know I shouldn't, <clears throat> I shouldn't judge sure. an entire special off of like one little yeah, yeah. joke. I know this. Right. But it was a joke about waking up as a, something about the trans community and oh what if i just woke up and said i was a chinese man and he actually did the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. With his mm-hmm. eyes and i'm like really yeah really dave <laughs> two communities <laughs> in one joke mm-hmm. right but and he also makes fun of black people in that same joke like he also makes he says like what if i woke up like if i was a chinese person and i had this n-word body and he was just standing there in his fucking overalls and it was just like he also made fun of like He's also making fun of black people, and he's also he like rips apart white people as as usual. But like, yeah, I'm sorry. but like, <laughs> no, but like, I, I felt like it was um, spread evenly. You know, like it wasn't like, uh, it it wasn't um, <laughs> it wasn't like um, like targeted towards one particular group. And I know I I only saw that one. Sure, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, and the and the it the, did take me back though a little bit sure. just like that one I'm like whoa sure. I do wonder if it but it's hard because to that, say this without it, it go ahead okay can I just say one yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've been yeah. rambling no, it's but it's okay. like because that was almost the punch in the entire premise that he was saying so it was like the that was you know like the punch is like the 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 the, the climax of the the whole experience so like that was like the the it was like a ridiculous uh imagery that he created and um uh and when you don't have the context of like he was talking about like uh the like for he was like for some reason transgender people i feel like i'm dave Chappelle right now trying to explain his joke which is hard it's hard to explain a joke and still but like like the idea of like being a transgender person is funny because it's like funny is like when uh, you're in a predicament um that is 
uh, feels upside down, you know, like misdirection. And um, the way you get laugh is by like um, when expectations are turned around. And he he was uh, articulating that um, the, the idea of being transgender is not like good or bad, but it's just the idea is funny to him. Uh, because it's like uh, it's a uh, it's a difficult predicament, and so then he gives this other example. But you do but, see, if you were a transgendered person, you might be a little offended by someone else poking fun at your predicament. You might be a little. I, I, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, I'm not saying uh, it has to be everyone's cup of tea, but like the fact that it offends you doesn't mean that um, he should uh, not allowed to be doing comedy. I think I think people. Uh, I think he's touching at something about the about being alive and uh and that there's a million different races and that there's uh, uh different ways to live and he's not saying like one is right or wrong but he's just like uh, creating hyperboles of different of all these groups and like the fact that it may create offense is not necessarily um uh, a reason to um silence it if that makes sense you could you could totally not like it. I don't think, um, I don't think uh, everyone's obliged to like it. Um, but I think uh, offense is not a sufficient reason to um, uh, silence. Uh, just because offense is so um, personal, uh, different groups can be offended by all sorts of different things, um, and so yeah. So that's. That's the perception I have. What I was trying to think of was, um, and I think this could probably go for like most material like this, but I don't know. Is it is it harder when it's about something that has been used um, as aggressive in the past? Like, is it? Like, it's hard to make a joke about something that's like used as what am i trying to say like as an aggressor towards a group of people um is like that where maybe the line is drawn where it can be seen as like that is problematic in that joke because like it's been used many times as like an aggressive sure um it could be um it should also be noted that, like, Dave Chappelle's wife is Asian-American. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so from my own experience in an interracial relationship, like, uh, we joke I around. I don't see how that's relevant, though. Like, I, I think a lot of white men or a lot of non-Asian men who say, use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, my girlfriend's Asian, so I'm one of you. I'm an ally. I'm like, no. Well, that's, I don't think really that's, I don't think that that's way, sufficient. Buddy. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I don't think it's sufficient to call yourself an ally because, because um, you've dated someone from a different race. But I think uh, being with someone, like, it's not like he's just, like, having, like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, like, casual sex with uh, a particular group. He, this is his wife, and... <laughs> he's been with her for years and like they have a family together and like they um m- from my perception of like being in an interracial relationship we have a constant back and forth of her making indian jokes at me and i'm making white girl jokes at her so like it's like um uh and that's like kind of how that's how we connect honestly it's like it's like a source of laughter in our house like uh, she calls me like a grumpy old Indian man because I'm uh, very irritable, uh, and uh, and and it's just funny, and it's like it it it's not like um, uh, it's like an I don't know I I'm not saying that that's like uh, that's like sufficient clause to be able to say whatever you want, uh, but I, I'm saying from his. Uh, what I imagine from his perception is that like he uh, you know for the last 20 plus years has uh, lived with someone from that culture roughly. I don't know what her exact background is, but like, I think like he's probably drawing some of his um, uh, experiences from that. And then like, obviously he's being an asshole. Like I'm, no one's denying that he's, that that's an asshole joke, but like, 
I I get it, but also I think like um, I'm more partial to I. Uh, so it's like it's like what you value, right? Like um, for me personally, I value freedom of expression and speech uh, more uh, than uh, um, the uh, potential offense that can be. Uh, uh, taken from that freedom of speech and i think that that's like the kind of responsibility of freedom of speech because freedom of like now you said something earlier about how you felt that um it may be disrespectful to other communities to say that you can't joke about them Mm -hmm. where do you draw the line for okay it's punching up if you go after this community it may be punching down to go after this community yeah that's interesting um because in my mind the trans community is still really embattled sure um like trans women especially trans women of color are still being murdered um at distressing rates um there's still bathroom bills being passed yeah uh so i'm not i would never say that that community is as empowered as the white community in this country. I wouldn't say those with mental or physical disabilities are, I guess, as fair game either. Sure. Um, But then I also understand your point about freedom of speech and how... Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. I I think that um, with comedy, everyone's fair game. Um, And I think you can determine whether it's good comedy or bad comedy on a personal level. Um, and then you, you've, like, figured that out based on, like, what your perception of their intention is. I've heard comedians uh, make jokes, and I hate them because they just sound like, like, for example, I don't like Ari Schaefer, um, and he just, like, he just comes off as angry uh, and, like, the... I don't know. I, there's something dis- disagreeable with the way he talks about things. Um, and uh, but like at the same time, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say he cannot talk about anything in particular, you know. Um, and I I like kind of stand by the idea of like um, I dislike the notion that um, when people only joke around. Um, only make uh, race jokes about uh, the white community because it makes me feel like uh, I'm not strong enough to take a joke. And I dislike that feeling. I think uh, the my intention uh, as a comedian is that by joking about you, I think you're strong uh, enough to take it. Um, uh, yeah. So like I it, it's not it's not like um Yeah, I don't know. I and it, you know, it's like it's convoluted. Like sometimes I see people making like uh dismissive jokes. Uh I I don't know. I I don't like it when it's just about one race because it, it then it feels in the same way like what you were saying about whatever that dude's name is, um uh and he was only targeting Asians like that feels like he thought it was easy to like just get a kick out of one group, and I at the same time I feel like, uh, and I'm saying this as a person who's a uh, not a white person. Um, I feel like I see other comics that are like brown and black who do that for white people because they think it's like an easy target. And I so like it's I think it's more complex than just saying like one group should not be made fun of and another group should be made can be made fun of. I think um I think it's you have to like look at the intention of the comic, right? So like if that comic was making fun of all sorts of groups including him his own group, then that would be um that would increase the complexity of again i don't know what he said so like i'm not going to use him as an example but like uh if someone's making fun of all sorts of groups like i think dave chappelle does um that including his own i think that um gives more nuance to the types of jokes that he's giving even though his jokes can be like goofy and silly and like 
arguably lowbrow in some uh, angles in that example. Um, but um, I see that in both aspects. I I think when someone like as like what you yeah, I'm repeating myself, but like what you described with that guy and how he was targeting, I like it just like uh, because it's like human nature. It's not like it's not like um, there's like like white people or uh, are like some like sort of um, uh, villainous like they have some like gene to them that like have like that's why they're terrible and they did all this shit. It's like, dude, people have been murdering and raping and pillaging. That's a, that's a very human quality. And I think um, to put it all on one group, uh, even though they were just the le- the latest victors in our, like, sense of history, right? Uh, and, like, to put it all on one group, ignore – it's almost like you're project you're, like, blaming them so that you can uh, – uh, behave the same way that's when that's how i feel when somebody just makes fun of one group i don't know but yeah and i'm not like i don't have any like allegiance towards white people i just i just feel like that's like the easy uh blame that happens right now um and that being said like uh the example of shane gillis uh is uh, uh like a good example of a white person doing the same thing and it's not it's happening on it's happening on all sides and i think that's um i don't know where i'm going <laughs> okay no thank you thank you for yeah. having this conversation with us because i think uh, similar to what you're saying it's better to like talk about it and acknowledge it and like pick it apart than to just like sure yeah. wipe it away and dismiss it so um another pet peeve i have is just like when people talk about like uber and tinder and it's like um is that is that what i was supposed to do i think i fucked this up no tell me i don't know what you mean oh just like <laughs> i don't like uber and tinder jokes they're just oh like oh. Do that? yeah well we could use like, that as like a satire for what we've been talking about like but like framed onto like uber and tinder jokes okay so uh i was in an uber the other day and um i uh it was an uber uh share and um everybody who came in was a old tinder match of mine um what's up with that it's crazy (laughs) excuse me ma'am why are you booing me (laughs) i met my husband in an uber share on a tinder date (laughs) I'm offended. <laughs> with someone else? <laughs> you were on a Tinder date with someone else and then... Oh, wow. You know, I mean, love sir, we're not judging people here. It <laughs> might happen. I'm just saying my experience in Uber was with negative How come you never bring Tinder up Lyft? Dates. You only um, talk about Uber, all right? Well, like, I get a discount with them and, like, I don't... I don't. I don't have that experience with Lyft. Maybe you, sir, <laughs> have that experience with Lyft. I don't know. I'm dating a Lyft driver, so. Oh, um. So I was in a Lyft <laughs> the other day. <clears throat> it's funny that people do tend to go to Uber and dating app jokes so easily, but yeah. it is such a thing that like everybody yeah. has an experience. I didn't realize with. that that was a big thing. Is it like how people used to joke about airline food? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it feels like it's like. Uh, so I was like at a comedy festival in Dallas, and they were saying like. Yeah, those two things, and then in in because they the comedians were from Denver, and like in Denver they just always make weed jokes, and it's Hmm. really it's like we've heard this like a billion times from literally every comedian. So it's like it just feels over. I'm sure there's like funny things about it. It's just like it's like doing Trump jokes, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like because everyone you're hearing it constantly, like you're almost desensitized. At least maybe maybe because I'm a comedian and I'm like around. I think they still work, probably Uber and Tinder. I think for me, it feels like the next, uh, uh, the next airline joke. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah, what you were talking about with like, you know, it's gonna work. Yeah. So like, but once you start acknowledging and other people like, oh, that is a, something that I know you know is gonna work, for then sure. it's like that's less yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because I'm it. around comedians a lot. That's why. Yeah. 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 Don't you don't ditch your. 
because <laughs> I'm being an asshole. Thank you so much for coming. Cool. Yeah, Thank you so you. much for yeah. having me. This is actually really lovely. Um, where can people find what shows you're doing? Um, I'm doing. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm doing like the Harlem Comedy Festival. Uh, oh, you said this was not airing for like three years, right? Yeah, so, 25 okay. years. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, you can that, talk about what you're okay, doing. Okay, for though. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing like the Harlem Comedy Festival next week. So, that's, awesome. that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then I do like, mm. um, and then also like the Ithaca <laughs> Comedy Festival, which is in upstate New York. So, if you have a big audience there, they should definitely come. I will let. <laughs> Our New York City followers. <laughs> For sure. Awesome. I'm sure we have a couple. Yeah. <laughs> we <be> do. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I do like, uh, I'm pretty, I like produce a show at the Boxcar Theater, uh, which is in Uptown, um, or the Boxcar Lounge, which is part of the Steep Theater. It doesn't matter. Um, it's like, it's like in Uptown. So just. Look for I, – I, I'm really bad at promoting It's myself. under the Berwyn stop. Yay. You I know, know exactly where it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a lovely little spot. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm like – I've been producing a show for the last few months there, which has been a lot of fun. So I have one in November, so come through. We always get, like, interesting comedians. And, like, uh, I, know, I know, like, uh, all the shit I said, but, like, I think diversity in terms of, ex- like uh, – perception and like your upbringing and your background i think is so much fun in a in a a lineup because then you get like (laughs) we had this like uh last time we had like um an indian guy we had like uh like a black guy hillbilly uh lesbian lady a guy from florida this is just fucking all over the place and it was so much fun because it was just like um because the perspectives were so varied, you know? And then we also put music in there, and it's, like, acoustic music, uh, because, like, I was in that Sathar shit for a little bit, so I know all these great musicians who are actually good, who learned way more than I did, so, like, <laughs> we, like, kind of uh, weave that into it. So it's How like, could someone um, contact you to get on the show? On the show? <laughs> uh, you could just email me. Yeah, uh, my email is... R-A-Z-A dot J-A-F-R-I dot S-Y at gmail dot com. Uh, or you could also find me on like Facebook or Instagram. I've been using Instagram a lot, which is, I don't know, I don't like it, but I'm kind of uh, got absorbed into it. It's necessary, I guess. <laughs> What's your handle? Uh, it's Reza, R-A-Z-A underscore comedy. Yeah, it's mostly pictures of my dogs. So. Oh, yeah. worth looking up. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. This is lovely. This has been a Neighbor Inc. podcast. Go to neighborinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblive and Dominic Guanzan. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leland. Bye. 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 The fuck is a knave? It's over.